Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing very well, Sarah. How are, how are you? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, Liberty? Um, it was a day. It was yeah. not laborious, and we'll leave it at that. Hey, that's all you need, you know? Yeah, I didn't go to the beach or anything or hang out with friends and family, so... So, yeah, um, because who does that? Yeah, who does that? Exactly. <laughs> who does that and gloats <laughs> about it through direct messages? Hey, I was trying to, like, I know you were working on a paper <laughs> presentation. I was like, I was trying to, like, help you relax. I was <laughs> trying to share it well. <laughs> <laughs> and that chuckle in the background is our guest for tonight. She has been here before, but we had to invite her back because she's doing doing some pretty cool stuff and I have things to talk to her about. Will does not, but I do. <laughs> uh Veronica Rose, welcome back. Hi guys. Thank you for having me back. Thank you oh, for coming. Yeah, thanks for yeah, agreeing to come back and hang out with us. Always, always. I will definitely always accept an invitation from you guys. Yeah. But she's mainly here for me. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Insert awkward silence. No. Tonight, no. <laughs> tonight is Sarah's show. <laughs> it's Sarah's show. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm happy to sit back and enjoy it and just sit back and listen. Yeah. So let's start with Will's topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I had to. I had to find a way to make this show be more entertaining. And Veronica's very entertaining. And also... <laughs> Just to make sure that it's just not a half hour of Will trying to get me to watch or finish Jack Ryan. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. I, I really don't have much to say about Jack Ryan. I did finish it. I and I enjoyed it, and I know that is it, we've we've you know, we've talked before about how types of programs or movies are, are, are it, it's not in your wheelhouse. That's fine. That's why. You know, that's why we brand, we work mm-hmm. so well together because you have your things, I have my things, and sometimes we sync and sometimes we don't. And this is one of those times <laughs> that we don't like like Ozark last year. So, you know, we gotta have at least one program in the in the hiatus where we just don't agree on. So <laughs> I, I I will tell you, sir, that I am very. You need to boost your Ozark push on me. Because I, I think I missed something. I, I really do. The, that show gets so much praise that I, I really, I don't know why I didn't finish season one. And I keep telling you, you need to. No, he you doesn't. Made it like, yeah, you made it to like half, <laughs> half what, over halfway through, at least once a month, one episode or a month, or either a pre-show, I was like, you gotta finish those arcs. Yeah. But, but, but I, dig- yeah, but I digress. Uh, I do know that from messages at Veronica, like Jack Ryan, so you can just go hang out for whatever <laughs> you want to do, and we can just, you know, talk about Jack Ryan for a little bit. So I, how many how many episodes did you watch, Veronica? I watched the whole thing. Well, you two nerds can go and talk about it. Way to tell me. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to put my mic on mute. Okay. Well, before you put your mic on mute, Tell us what, why do you, 
why didn't you finish it or, or what did you not like about it? And then we can just sort of pick it up. From there. I, um, okay. So for all the, all of the same reasons that Will already said on my behalf before, um, but there was something about it where I'm still not convinced that this couldn't have been a two hour movie. And I've seen this movie before, and I'm still questioning why is this such a, like, why is it, I I assert praise, especially TV-wise, to, like, originality, something unexpected, um, and I know people can write, then argue, well, romantic comedies, they're, they're usually the same beats, Um but I would argue that the meat cute scene in Jack Ryan was not good. Okay. The, the creepy, the guy and the, yeah, never mind. I'm rambling. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Well, I know, <laughs> I, I know it is, it is, <laughs> it is a slow start. I will, I will freely give you that. And I, I, I even, I was like, yeah, it's, it's a slow burn. The, yeah. the the first two episodes really are, uh, I you know, by the time I got to the third one, I was just like, I, I can see why I Sarah Bell, because I was I was close. I will freely admit that I felt that it was a bit repetitive, and I've seen this before, and I was like, I saw this, you know, what's new about Jack Ryan, and what's new about this story, because I felt like I've watched this before Patriot Games and mm-hmm. other other previous. Uh, films. I didn't. I did not watch some of All Fears, and I only made it through half of Shadow Recruit with Chris Pond. But oh, um, I, I went straight to Zero Dark Thirty. I mm-hmm. went straight there. I was just like, "Why is this?" Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, will. But after it, it really does pick up from from episode three, and I'm glad I stuck with it because the the payoff. Was was definitely worth it. When you see John Krasinski, you know, obviously everybody thinks The Office and Jim Halpert, but he he his characterization of Jack Ryan reminded me a lot of Harrison Ford's, and I and mm. and the way he was the uh, every man type of hero, but also they did later in the series touch on things as far as Jack having PTSD and um. You know, humanize him, and, and and you know there were a lot of positive reviews out there. And I saw some negative reviews, like, okay, we got the Great White Hope again, <laughs> especially with the, with the, yeah. the yeah. <laughs> you know. But I I didn't feel that, and 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 actually, I felt with with uh, Jim Greer, Wendell Pierce playing Jim Greer. I actually I found myself actually liking his take on Greer better than James Earl Jones from the movie. Um, and it was very, yeah, yeah. definitely, you know, him actually converting to Islam and he's estranged with his wife, but how that actually helped them unfold several key points in the, in the story. Um, it, it, it was, if you stick with it, you'll appreciate the, the complexities and good storytelling that they had, uh, especially in a post 9-11 world. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why yeah. those, those are my side I, I, you know what? I've been a Tom Clancy fan 
for a really long time and I've seen just about all the movies. Um, I, I liked this portrayal of Jack Ryan so much better than, um, when they had Ben Affleck do it. Uh, uh, sorry. The thing that I, I really like, I mean, okay. We all know, I mean, I've, I've not ashamed to say that I love violent action movies. And so that's one of, and it goes the same with TV shows. And I enjoyed the, um, intrigue with this mm-hmm. particular, uh, version of Jack Ryan, you know, the, the flashbacks trying to figure out, you know, what, what did happened? And when you get to that final end and you find out about his PTSD and, and where it stems from, then you're just like, whoa, like it wasn't something you were expecting. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the dialogue. Um, I'm really big on dialogue. I mean, yeah, I like the action. I like the, you know, the gun fights and so on and so forth, but I do enjoy the dialogue. And I especially enjoyed that for the majority of the main villain who's Lebanese, he's speaking in Arabic and they kept his character true to speaking mm-hmm. in his own language rather than making him speak British, like a British English. And yeah. that I, I was like happy to see because for so long, you know, we portray these other characters from other countries and we make them speak English and they have British accents. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, we realize, okay, yeah, they've colonized just about everywhere across the world. <laughs> um, but it was nice to have that. And then also like, you say with the post 9-11 it kind of like we didn't have this like Mm anti-muslim you know feel behind it it still tried to show them you know that they're human yeah and they all go through the same trials and tribulations even more so because they're in a war-torn country and and they've Mm -hmm. dealt with it their entire lives so i enjoyed definitely enjoyed it and yes it, it was a slow burn but once you got past that first few episodes man it was like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah i it, yeah i totally totally agree because I, I i was finding myself like staying up and, and watching it because i was like i got it you know when i got on episode five <laughs> or six it's like no i gotta i gotta go to work tomorrow but i gotta see i gotta it, it was it was rolling another thing i really liked about uh the story was it was a lot of action was based in syria Mm-hmm. And and uh, Suleiman, who's the the lead terrorist, had you know dealt with his family life, and and I really appreciated the fact that you had a strong. His wife was such a strong character. Yes, yes. Uh, Dina was she, you know, she saw what was going on, and she mm-hmm. did not want her family to to be subjected to this and really takes on the you know some of the negative aspects of you know all cultures but you know we uh you know dealing with the very fundamentalist jihadist mm-hmm. family you know construct but you know in real see enough spoiler alert um the main antagonist's brother actually is sort of enlightened and is actually helping her uh escape from the situation and right and 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 all the things that she did to hold her family together, even when uh, another spoiler alert, 
one member ends up falling back into some of the old ways. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I just found her very compelling and just very, very strong and mm-hmm. not taking any BS from anyone uh, when she was working her way through out of out of out of Syria, mm-hmm. and and so that was another, you know, three you know three dimensional characterizations of, of all these characters where it could easily have evolved into the cartoonish stuff that you you, you could that, that these types of TV shows or movies could easily go into and, and I felt that they did a really strong job of, of making sure that didn't happen yeah. in, in the series oh I agree I really I really liked your character so much just because um, they try to always attach this weak submissive you mm-hmm. know stereotype to Muslim women and that's not really true because the majority of the Muslim women I have ever known they're all very strong powerful women and they're the matriarchs of their families and, and people within their families and in their communities look up to them. So I was loved that even though she was scared of her husband, she was still like, I still love him. You know, I'm not going to help you kill him, even though I know he's doing something wrong. Um, she still decided, you know what, but I still need to get my family out. Yeah. And I was just like, I was over the moon with her. Like she, I mean, you know, she's a beautiful actress. Like, the woman mm-hmm. is gorgeous. And I was just like, she was just amazing. They did such a great job with her character. They did. They did. And, and also, um, you know, picking up on uh, the theme of PTSD and uh, some of the secondary characters uh, in, in the story, um, there was a particular drone pilot in his oh, subplot. Yeah. And dealing with the consequences, you know, what I liked about it too was every action and everything that these characters are going through has has a reaction in their in their personal life and mm-hmm. seeing his journey and um and his PTSD issues and, and his feeling of feelings of guilt even though he's doing this mission and he and his, his working his partner at work they have you know a pool going and 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 yep. and, and uh, the scenes where he goes to Vegas and just, mm-hmm. just goes completely like yeah, wild, that, wild, crazy, yeah. That kind of manic spiral he went down in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But then also seeing how his journey concluded itself in, 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 in later episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Sarah, I, again, I know this is not your your typical genre, but I think if you if you can get past that third episode. And mm-hmm. and just realize that you know, just look at it from a good storytelling standpoint. As you love a good story, I feel like this is a good enough story to keep you keep you around. Yeah, I, it <laughs> it may be something that I go back back to it. it um, we're gearing up for an intense fall season of TV, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's going to be hard for me to go back to something at this point with all of the new seasons and shows oh, yeah. coming back um and even some movies i mean there's a huge movie slate but that we're going to break down in future recordings but hearing you guys talk about it does make me think that maybe i did jump off too soon <laughs> to, now you guys talk about the ptsd and i do recall when i was watching those first few episodes 
that in my mind I kept saying or kept thinking like Frank Castle did this so much better on his show. I have to disagree with you there because I, you know, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Punisher, so I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, because and, and I, yeah, my my point is that for me there was something about how the the Marvel cinematic universe or the Marvel universe in that TV show took the spectacle of a superhero and then broke it down that his motivation was all from his PTSD in a show like Jack Ryan, you're almost doing the opposite where you're, you're, it's a character driven show Mm -hmm. and you're, you're using this mystery about, well, what happened that caused that as like the through line of Jack Ryan's arc and and during that journey, you have the spectacle occur around it. But when you sign up for a show like Jack Ryan, you're not really signing up for the spectacle of it. You're signing up because you want to follow this character. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's mm-hmm. the reverse. And yeah. that's why yeah. we're kind of will on opposite sides of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But I think whenever you get into about, I think it was episode six or seven, where it fully the full nature of why he you had this flashbacks and, and and why it drives him and mm-hmm. his role as an analyst um it it it, it makes him a, a much more deeper character and, yeah. and and you understand why he is at making certain requests of higher ups uh when they're trying to dis- dismantle this terror network Right, and yeah. like you guys have, like I'm, I'm not saying that that doesn't occur at all yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just wish that John Krasinski would take his shirt off more. I mean, oh. come on, dude! It like, comes oh, off a lot. It comes off a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get, you get, there's even a full body shot. There's a full. Yeah, you, you, you get a full body shot of John. So I mean, you just need to tune in for that. Yeah. <laughs> Even my mom, my mom is sitting there like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know if he's known anymore for just Jim in the office because oh. and considering what he did earlier this year with A Quiet Place. Yeah. <laughs> and that was directing and acting like I, I and he's he's really just known for being Emily Blunt's husband. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore, yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I saw him in 13 hours, I was shocked. I was like, holy cow, is this the same guy? Yeah. 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 That's funny. I watched Stephen Colbert earlier this week, and he was a guest on there, and they they, uh, they had a whole bit. Go go go! look it up on YouTube. It's very, very funny. Of, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to. Yeah, uh, Colbert. He's so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With the, with the John Krasinski, the actor, you know, the, the action actor versus the comedic actor, and yeah, it's. I think oh, no. I, I, may, I may I may I may have posted it on our on our Twitter page for the show, so go check it out. All right. All right. Well, hopefully that doesn't break the internet. <laughs> <laughs> What did I had to? Yeah. Good segue into Captain Marvel. Yes. Captain Marvel. We didn't get a trailer, newsflash. Um, yeah. 
we got the the photos and the stills and i i'm not too upset about how that all unfolded i actually i found it interesting because when i was looking at the photos well it reminded me of when the aquaman photos came out Mm -hmm. and how we had to of course explain to patricia what it all meant hi patricia we love you (laughs) um but but i couldn't help but notice that in these stills for captain marvel like my um I was already sure that they were going to pull this off. I mean, we're talking about the MCU, but there's just a clear difference between the Captain Marvel spread and the Aquaman spread because Captain Marvel, it feels so much more grounded Mm -hmm. than, than anything I saw in Aquaman in those stills where I was, I was like, how much Photoshop can they do? Dear Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they spent all their, they spent all their special effects budget on a de-aging Samuel L, but. <laughs> well, he looks even really good. Like surprisingly, like it took me a few moments where I'm like, yeah, that's wow. <laughs> We're not even in the old, the, the, the Star Wars thing that was occurring. Like, like, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I'm, I'm really glad. And, um, some of these stills made me think of, um, Will, you'll appreciate this. Star Trek. Oh, you gosh. Did you like take my notes? Seriously? Because <laughs> with the scrolls? Uh, yeah. You, you stole my notes because I was just thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Sometimes we do agree yeah. about things, Will. Sometimes. I know, I know. I'm just glad I was able to say that before you did. So <laughs> your, your turn, sir. Well, yeah, I, I, with the stills, I agree. Uh, scrolls, uh, I thought immediately, I was like, hey, these looks like re- uh, Romulans that they tested for Star Trek Discovery. Yep. <laughs> so, um, that it, it, like they redid the Cleon, Cleons, but. I, I agree with you. The the obviously the comic book dirt nerd in me. I'm not. A, I'm, I freely admit I am not a big uh, Captain Marvel fan. Uh, you know, usually you know when I hear Captain Marvel, I don't want to be that guy. But are you talking Billy Batson or are you talking Carol Danvers? But um, <laughs> I just and I was just that guy. So. But uh, I, I, you know the comic book here is to be the costume. Will said that ends up on the editing room's floor. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll stay in. That'll stay in. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I, I like the stills. Uh, the other thing that, that was also one of the, them on the beach, you know, obviously uh, reminded me also of Planet of the Apes, and it's like, oh, this is going to be uh, so meme worthy. Uh, or you can just do so many things with this. But um, yep. getting this to the marketing side of it, I, I like the way they teased it. Definitely built up some super anticipation. And so, yeah, the payoff was, uh, you know, it was a good payoff. Uh, you know, it took the MCU a while to have a female lead, but we we mm-hmm. have a strong female lead and uh, will probably be bigger than Wonder Woman. And also, uh, it looks like supporting characters. I mean, you have uh, just a little nod to the to the comics uh, uh, with uh, Photon. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. the uh, 
iteration of Captain Marvel from the comic book. So, you know, it's something there for everyone. I like the way as the MCU always does take things out of the comic books and, and shapes it into their into their own cinematic universe and, and makes it work. Yeah, this movie is, I think it's going to be huge. Uh, I mean, it, it, along, it's going to continue the, the, the second decade of the MCU is, is going to be continue on the hot streak that it, that it finished its first decade on. Yeah. yeah. I don't, you know, it's funny because I don't really know too much about Captain Marvel. I've always been kind of a, a DC girl. Um, I mean, I like, of course, I've always been all about um, Iron Man and mm-hmm. Thor. But mm-hmm. I was never huge on, like, their comic books when I was growing up. Um, so, you know, seeing a female lead, though, I think is really cool. I don't know much about her story, and so I look forward to seeing this movie and kind of getting, like, you know, excited about a new female superhero. So I look forward to it, and I thought the pictures I saw, like, that suit looked pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I was like, girl is filling that out perfectly. Like, it's just, I mean, I, I'm still kind of like one of these, it's like, you know, do we always have to, to completely sexualize our female superheroes? You know, but then it, it, we all know sex sells and that's how it goes. But what I like, <laughs> what I like is that she's completely covered. Like, there's no cleavage showing. There's yeah. no skin yeah. showing. Yeah. She's just... Yeah solid you know she looks like a bullet's gonna bounce right off her body and it's like okay i can dig that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i mean i saw what they did in thor reagan ragnarok to um chris hemsworth i don't think that they just sexualized the female super yeah <laughs> no. <laughs> when it comes to chris hemsworth they don't really shy away <laughs> i don't think he's shy though <laughs> No, no, and I mean even Hulk. I mean there were towels dropping all over the place. So I just, I don't, I don't. It just there. I mean to your point about the suit, and and yeah, you said she filled it out, filled it out good. I mean Brie Larson is not that 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 big, and so a part of me had that concern. Like, is she gonna look like this puny person who can't really pack a punch? But these photos, there's, it just showed how badass she is. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I love that, that they, they brought that out of Brie Larson, who's from the indie films. Like she's not, she's not a supermodel. She's not somebody, she's not a Jennifer Lawrence by, by any means. Mm -hmm. She's a fresh face, but she's also someone who, who can carry a film. Um, she's carried multiple of them, and I say this anytime she comes up, go see Short Term 12. It is a great movie, and that's really what I think she should have won the Oscar for, but but I'm glad she got it for real. So, so enough yeah. said. I'm excited about that. And I just will to go back to the visual stuff, like why I put Star Trek out there. Um, it's, it's for the same reason that even some of these frames reminded me of Star Wars. There's something mm-hmm. about how these this th- this spread captured that there some of this movie is going to be really Guardians of the Galaxy ish, but also there's a lot of fundamental pieces that you can they're taking from the Captain America fi- um, films and sort yeah. of blending it like this yeah. 
this groundedness that makes you realize, remember that. And I like what they said about the movie. This isn't an origin story. Right. She already mm-hmm. has her powers, and now she's coming back to Earth. So right. it's not. It's like it's gonna be this very different take on not only by placing a female at the center of it, but by also twisting a lot of the stories that we've already seen before. Mm-hmm. So the the hero who comes back or who who leaves and then comes back and tries to save the people that he left behind. Or the 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 outcast like Superman or the alien from another Earth who comes down and tries to make a home and then protects that home, like you have that that this combination with this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you put the perfect bow on it. Uh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't really have much much more to say yet. I kind of dig that it's going to be set in the nineties because I'm I'm a nineties teen. Like, Thank you. I loved the nineties, you know, and I really, really want, I know it's going to sound crazy, but God, they got to have some Nirvana in that show. <laughs> in <laughs> I'm that sure movie. the soundtrack, yeah. They gotta... <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I, I, I enjoy the idea that it's going to take place, you know, in the past. I think that's kind of cool rather than like the future and at least on Earth. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a 90s teen. I'm a 90s baby. Uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, so what is else um, in other in TV news? Mr. Robot season four will be the final season. Yes. Um, they better not screw it up. <laughs> yeah. <they're there>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch Mr. Robot? You know, much to Will's disappointment, I have not started it yet. <laughs> and that was Veronica Rose, who will not be talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm totally interested. It's the kind of shows that I like to watch. You know, I love that kind of stuff. But I just haven't gotten a chance to sit down and like really watch it. I don't know. Every time I think I'm gonna get the opportunity to like click on that on Netflix. Um, I get stuck on something else. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. It, well, as I didn't watch, I was a late comer to the show. Uh, Sarah told me to watch it before and I didn't, but I kind of finally listened to her and I did. And it's very, it's very bingeable. It's a very, you can roll through the first three seasons pretty quickly because once you start, it's one of, again, it's just, you don't want to, you want to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the uh, we you know we had gotten a few weeks ago. I think Christian Slater had sort of spilled the beans a little bit in a Collider interview where he said he thought that this was the last last season, and then everybody kind of tried to walk it back and like, no, 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 no. We're, you know, we think we still have maybe four, four, maybe five. And then, of course, you know, we got the news uh, that this is indeed the, the last season. And as you said, sir, hopefully they don't screw it up. Uh, the great thing about this series, it, it always has been envisioned as having a defined beginning, middle, and end, especially given that it started out as a screenplay. It was intended originally to be a feature film to begin with, and they decided to make it into a TV series. So, so hopefully they don't screw it up. 
uh, you know, it, it doesn't fall to the curse of the, you know, uh, you know, odd even, odd even, uneven <laughs> <laughs> stuff, story arc. But uh, yeah, it's 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 it was a show that was ahead of its time. I think it's you know sort of you know has a very strong cult following at this point, and uh, I hate to. I hate to see it go, but I'd rather for it to go on their own terms instead of it getting canceled and then we have to do a crazy you know, internet campaign to you know, beg them to give us a finale. It's yeah, almost... It's... Oh. <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> I was just going to say that. And it's kind of sad to hear that it was ending because my brother, he was... He's my adoptive brother, and he was living in Peru for several years with his uh, family. And um, he just recently came back to the States, probably about uh, it was about six months or so ago. And he discovered Mr. Robot, and he nearly had a heart attack when he found out it was ending. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I I I I would have probably had a heart attack. Um, if you told me that at after watching the season one finale, I would have been like, "What? I just I just got this wonderful gift." Because, you know, I I wouldn't even say you had to watch all of it, but Veronica, there's there's something so special about that first season. I mm-hmm. I think it's pretty much flawless. Yeah. And and so if you just give yourself a day or two to do the first season, which is 10 episodes. I think it's, you'll understand the magic of it. Mm-hmm. So it, and then it has, you know, the sophomore slump and all of that and everything that Will was saying before, but I, I just strongly advocate that people need to watch at least the first season of that show. Cause it's, it's so impressive what yeah. they do with Elliot and his dad and everything. Um, I will definitely do that. And while she's doing that, <laughs> so in other news, um, Stephen Amell went on a podcast and he said some things. He got very vulnerable. Very. And um, everybody freaked out um, yeah. because we thought it was going to be the end. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> yes. <thinking? laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, talk about the internet breaking. I, I think that's probably the most like hiatus, like talk, of, even more so than Comic Con. I think. Uh, yeah. Era. Yeah. I I was I you're you're spot on with that, Will. You're absolutely right. Like nothing that happened in Comic Con had this much of a reaction as one interview he gave because <laughs> I've never even seen. I mean. The closest I've seen to Stephen Amell give a similar interview type is when he when he went on um, Nerdist or Nerd, Nerd HQ and does those sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but those are also still more jokey, where this was just a one-on-one conversation, and he found himself just talking about everything that yeah. is going on. And it was fascinating. It was one yeah. of the best interviews I've heard. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, I think I still I haven't that. heard that one yet. Oh yeah, you, you need to go see it's uh, Michael Rosenbaum who uh, played uh, Lex Luthor on Smallville, mm-hmm. and um, he has this. Yeah, he started a, I guess a podcast about a year ago. Or so mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's just I've listened to a couple of other ones uh, from 
from it. And just go check it out because he gets he's just a great interviewer. Yeah. But cool. but the uh, uh, yeah, I think whatever I, I listened to it and I like message Sarah, you gotta listen to this today because it yeah it was a, a very deep interview I mean, he gets into he gets into how I get his his cast and arrow his first marriage and I mean this this deep stuff but the thing that was that came out of it that obviously was the most the one of the one of the more noteworthy things that came out of it was the the impression that this was the final season <laughs> yeah i know i came online and i was like what is going on with twitter today i was like i was at work when mm-hmm. that um came out and i got home and i opened twitter and i was like whoa it was like flames just coming out of my phone i was like what is going on everyone's like freaking out and it took me a good 30 minutes to realize what was happening you I mean, were having a heart attack it was like no, I really, I was I wasn't. I was kind of like, because on on my Twitter, um, I have lots of, uh, you know, they have their sides as to how they feel about Stephen Amell. Yeah. And so one half of it was talking about one thing very specifically. Oh, the other half guess. was talking. Yeah. Let me guess. This is spilling the tea on us. Yeah, Texas Gate and yeah. yeah and you know Gate. what? I didn't know anything about Texas Gate. I didn't know anything about it. Um, so I it, that took another like half hour to figure out what was going on there and having some discussions with people and direct message, you know, trying to figure out what was happening. Um, you know, I have my opinions on on him and and other people have their opinions on him and you know what? To each their own. I don't try to get into that that mess because that's just that's personal opinion. You know what I mean? That doesn't, for me, that's not reflective of the show because for me, the show, I separate him and the show. Even though yes. he is the main yes. character, what he does in his personal life, I separate from the show because I want to continue to enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So when I finally figured out that people were freaking out about this show might end, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Where did this come from? I didn't know about a podcast. I didn't. I was like, why are we talking about this? And then somebody um, sent me the link. So, And I still haven't gotten to see it, but she was like, you really need to listen to it. She's like, I know a lot of people have opinions about it, but, you know, you form your own opinion and listen to it and see what you think. And I was like, okay. I just haven't had a chance to sit down and listen to it. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's about an hour long, and it, it's, it's, it, it goes by very quickly, and it's totally worth time listening, even though now we have um, – some good news. <laughs> I listened dropped. to it twice. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what did it for you there, Sarah? <laughs> no, I've actually I've I've um I follow I've listened to this podcast now since um he did his interview with Tom Welling and and so and Stephen um tweeted out a a note or a, a he tweeted out a tweet that stupid sentence that he was going to be on this podcast. So I've been looking forward to it. Um, but, mm. and at work, sometimes I just like listening to people talk. And then I, it's like TV shows. Like you find a TV show or a really good episode and you rewatch and you rewatch. Mm. I re-listen yeah. to the same good podcast episode yeah. so, so many times. It's, it's, I know it's yeah. borderline stalking. I get it. Whatever. No, don't feel, don't, hey, don't feel bad, my friend, because I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it was interesting because 
on one extreme, it's kind of like, well, you just, what, what, okay. What I found very interesting was how Stephen Amell the next day came online and sent out his message basically saying, that's not true. That's not what I meant. But he seemed so shocked that we went there. <laughs> and I'm just like, did you not hear what you said? You, you were you you said like you were not attached to the show anymore. Your contract yeah. was over, and you hadn't really signed, and you reserved mm-hmm. the right not to sign on if need be. Yeah. So yeah. what what are we left to say? <laughs> Stephen yeah. has a tendency to say stuff before he thinks. Yeah. And it gets him in trouble, and sometimes it gets. It gets uh, the gossip mill going, and people start, you know, creating their conspiracy theories. But it's like, come on, guy. Like, you've been at this now for however many years. I think maybe you should have already learned from this. But I find that refreshing. Yeah. I actually do. I I love the authenticity of Stephen Amell. And I think that's one of the most charming things about him. Even when he steps into it, like Pixie (laughs) and Beyonce and (laughs) Coachella. And, you know, he is just a guy, and it just, it's, it's, I enjoy that instead of the prepackaged. You know, we, you and I, we sometimes like tweet about sports and stuff whenever mm-hmm. you're watching the Celtics. And, you know, what's the one thing you hate when you get the sports interview post game? The yeah. cliche, packaged BS yeah. that they feed us all the time. So it's refreshing when you hear about, say, a Tom Brady like hanging up on, uh, interview or you know or Stephen when he steps into it because it's like okay these are real people and mm-hmm. and it, it, it is you know him getting into his 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 first marriage and divorce and and all that it just it's just fascinating and yeah. you know to to learn these things about these folks and you know they're just like it's just like the rest of us with ups and downs and right and, see and I uh, think um you know it's weird for me because when I I'm not one of these people that gets highly involved in the celebrities' lives. Um, like, I like watching them on the shows, and, and they do interviews, and I, I don't get as excited about interviews, um, except for maybe if they're talking about the show or the movie that they're going to be in. I get more excited about that kind of stuff. I've never been one of those people that wants to know much about their personal lives because I yeah. kind of just want them to have that personal time for themselves. and and not get too involved. Yeah. You and respect them as a person. That's <laughs> yeah. so refreshing. It is. I am it such is. a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you funny because, Veronica, you mentioned how your timeline was going. So for all the Arrow people that I follow, it was, you know, it was the end of the show, and then quite a few folks just going on and on about his, how he talked about his ex-wife and why he can't get over her, and it was just yeah. sort of like, and, yeah. and, then, and then there was a few Texas gate too, but the two primary yeah. things was like, oh God, the show's ending, and man, he's spilling all just, the tea. <laughs> can, can we can we put out a disclaimer here, Will, where when you refer to people you follow who also are obsessed um, with Arrow, you're not referring to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But see, no, but see, you're very, see, you, you're, you know, you are very, sir, you don't like. Your tweets are very like measured. This, <laughs> <laughs> these folks, folks are losing their damn minds. Oh, and, yeah. and so, 
you know, fast forward to, I guess, was it last night? Um, Steven, you know, because he goes dark because he had, I guess he had all in and that he was mm-hmm. training for and everything. So he pretty much, you know, for, for him, he was, other than his usual tweets, you know, he, he's pretty, you know, he's always doing Instagram stories or Facebook stories and, or Facebook Live and, you know, he's going dark on that stuff. For well, a couple he, weeks. he got threatened by Beth. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she threatened that entire cat. She's like, you yeah. will not talk about it. <laughs> I, I I love that. Like, I to, do too. I love it because I hate spoilers and I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah there. I mean, it goes back to what we were saying the other week when they dropped all of those episode titles for the Flash. That it it astounds me that I know more about the Flash this season than I do about Arrow, and I mm-hmm. really like that. Um, yeah. It's not yeah. because I prefer one over the over the other or anything. It's just I'm so used to it being the opposite that it's very nice yeah. to have this change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And and yeah, we we already follow enough people who love to drop the spoilers that I was getting a little tired of knowing pretty much every single plot point of each episode before having already watched it. Yeah. Like, uh, that yeah. that really irks me, but but no, we survived. Um, Arrow will most likely get a season eight. Most likely, yep. Stephen Amell will. I I still believe what I said to you, Will. That I have a feeling he wants to go the full Welling. Yeah. And the full ten. He wants that yeah. full ten. Like I think, I, there's yeah. something about him that's very competitive. Yeah, yeah, and he, <laughs> yeah, and and his and his Facebook video, he said, look. If we if we are renewed, I've signed a new contract, so there's no you know that at least for at least for year eight, we know that he that he signed on if assuming that CW renews the show and I can't see them not renewing it. I know a lot of folks are speculating that the new Batwoman will re- replace Arrow because then and that went on you know, overdrive after after the podcast interview, but <laughs> uh, you know I just think I think the CW has said that they intend at and looking at how they've expanded the Sunday night, their goal is to do seven night programming. So there's going to be plenty of airspace for all the shows in the Arrowverse. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I think the, I think the changing of the showrunners with Arrow, you know, I think having Beth Schwartz, oh, yeah. showrunner and, you know, and, and cycling people through the, out, in it, out of the writer's room and bringing in some fresh writers yes, will give yes. them a good creative burst and take these characters into new places. Um, I mean, we're, you know, we just look at his Facebook videos. I mean, he's, he's, he's made up. So we, we see that, you know, Oliver's <laughs> still going to be in jail at least through uh, episodes five or six. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the, the thing that I, I'm so happy about that from just from a little bit that I've seen, like from the promo that they released it, um, comic-con uh, is we're going back to that dark gritty oliver queen that i fell in love with because I, you know i'm very vocal about how much i disliked mayor queen <laughs> <laughs> I, I i and lots of people are like oh but i love him both ways but and i totally get it like i i totally get it because you know everybody wants oliver queen to you know have those two sides he's the green arrow and he's like and he's oliver queen um you know, he's redeemed himself from being the playboy once and yada yada but i like the dark gritty fighting to survive oliver queen and 
that's one of the things I think I missed so much about the island flashbacks. Um, and I know a lot of people are happy to be done with it, which is fine. You know, I totally get that, and I'm, you know, I'm okay with it. But I miss, you know, that part of Arrow. Um, so, that, so that's interesting because I would say that right now you're writing a piece of fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> and your Oliver is clearly Mayor Oliver. Yeah, Mayor. Yeah, he's yeah. Mayor of uh, Mayor of something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, as a writer, you have just depending on what you're writing. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can write. I have a tendency to lean towards more tragic romances when I write original works. Um, God, my short stories and stuff. Thing, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I tend to get kind of stuck in that mindset. And um, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine, Nicolette, and, you know, she loves to spiral over like these really cool little head cannons. And she, she gets me pumped sometimes because she'll bring up these ideas. I'm like, oh my God, that would be kind of cute, you know? And I'm not the, the rom-com cutesy type of girl. Um, I, I've watched them, um, and I'm like, yeah, it's cute, you know, but I don't stick with it afterwards. Um, so when she started talking about it, I was thinking about all these things, and I was like, you know, I need to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. I've never mm-hmm. truly written a rom-com in any of my original stuff. Uh, even in my short stories, the, if it's kind of cutesy, the character still has some darkness within them. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to try and I'm going to steer clear of violence and action. <laughs> and so this came to mind and, and it kind of stewed in my head. And um, I fought with myself on if I wanted to go ahead and continue doing another fan fiction for Arrow there was just such a buildup where just the, the fandom itself was just is completely divided in so many different places that it was getting ugly to even be a part of the fandom online. And uh, I just was kind of like, you know, what's the point? And like, it's not even worth it. Like, I just, I don't even want to do it anymore. I was losing that kind of interest in it. And um, she, you know, Nicolette, she just kept talking about these different ideas of like what she hopes for in season seven and she kind of got me more excited about it so I was like you know I think I'll jump back into that idea that I had and so I started working it kind of playing around with mapping out the story and then I came out with by way of kisses and I'm not even sure like you know I I kind of found music that would inspire it you know Mm -hmm. and I just kind of rolled with it and I popped out like 10 chapters in like three days and I just kind of, <laughs> and I had to really um, dig in there to try to find, like, the humor. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, when I think of Oliver Queen, right away I go to the dark, gritty Oliver Queen. You right. know? So I really had to dig deep into him and, like, try to figure out, you know, what can I bring out that, you know, that I know people liked about him. And then I started kind of going with, like, Mayor Queen. And kind of going back to when, you know, before he became mayor and Felicity was 
president of Palmer Tech or CEO of Palmer Tech right, and he's right. making her her lunch and her, you know, doing those cute things. And so I kind of started to, you know, pull at that a little bit. And that's where I came out with this. I don't know. <laughs> I, it was, it was funny. I think um, it was a chapter where they went to the museum or the art show. Oh, the, yeah. Mm-hmm, the yeah. art gallery. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was reading it. And I was just like, there was something so, so, so I, I don't want to use the phrase word cute, but um, just <laughs> really lighthearted about it. And um, I always like reading those pieces of fan fiction. Um, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not usually the one who's like, oh, I just want smut. And, and that's all I <laughs> like. Fifty Shades of Grey kind of put this black cloud over what fan fiction is, and I really like the the longer form stories that have multiple chapters with really the meet cute stuff, the stuff where the two characters are kind of like circling each other, and you nailed it. To the point where I forgot you were writing it, and I was like, "Who? Who's the author?" I'm like, "I know her." Oh, <laughs> um, <aw>, thank you. <laughs> that yeah. makes me feel great because I don't. I was I was really surprised by the reception I got on this story because I was not thinking it was going to be a big deal. To be honest. Well, I I just demand more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the very first earlier cha- earlier chapters when I had the flashback where I think he had just met her. Or I think she was. Yeah. 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 The first chapter. Yeah. I um, I kind of I, I wanted to do something that was completely different from this show because that's one of the things that like when I read the fan fiction for Arrow or any of the other shows that I um like to follow up on. I try to go for stories that are original and they're not mm-hmm. being pulled from the show. Yeah. And Me too. I like that. I think I can think of maybe two um, fanfic writers who pull from the show whose stories I enjoy, because even though it's from the show, they've made it their own work. And so that's enjoyable. But I like when, when, you know, these writers really dig deep and, to them and they create these whole new like situations and stories all together because that's what interests me I don't want to read the same thing that I saw on the show that they just changed a few things you know and even though I do read them because I want to support the fan fiction writers like because I know that it can be kind of scary having them post your story the first time I ever had to do it I was scared I was Oh my god! I didn't even want to announce it on Twitter that I did it. Right, right. Um, it's almost right. like I don't know how people are going to respond. I'd rather <laughs> I'm doing. It's it's this weird defense <laughs> because I'm the same way about even my 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 videos. I'm constantly mm-hmm. like, I don't know if people are going to like just be like, oh, this is stupid or or not watch. I don't I don't know. There's something about it, and so I almost have to remind myself. I did this because I wanted to. And I don't need anybody's adoration, um, praise, or anything. I'm I'm mm-hmm. doing this, and I just want to share it so random people maybe would find it and it would speak to them in some way. So right, yeah. So it's just this yeah. weird situation. Um, I'm right there with you, uh, yeah. Veronica, about the fan fiction. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I'm going to put it out there. I, I'm obsessed with um, Pieces of Always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which which will, let me educate you right now. Um, okay. This is. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so this is a, um, a fan fiction that is actually based off of a, a, a fan fiction called um, Forever Composed of Always. Yeah, yeah. And what they did is they set up this this scenario in the original one where where the Barry brings back Oliver and Felicity's kid from the future, mm-hmm. and okay. so there's this whole saga, and they end up getting together. Pieces of Always is like the spinoff, and they focus on the kids. Mm-hmm. There's like there's like. And it goes over generations, so every new chapter is in a different year, in a different setting. And so there's multiple storylines, and it's basically to the point where Oliver and Felicity aren't even the main characters of these chapters. Mm -hmm. It's all about the kids. (laughs) Yes, send that to me. And send it to me. We should should also put it on the... the, uh, share the links to not only Veronica's stuff, but other other fanfics. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, just, oh, yeah. I mean, to what to what Veronica was saying before about I don't generally read the ones that are directly pulled from the episodes mm-hmm. because you know the writers who are actually there working on the show that's that's their right that's their job to do and I'm always like uh, I I don't want to read another version I I already saw the first version I I like the ones who are just taking these characters. And and a characteristic or a scene, and kind of just magnifying and doing like the what if scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. I I it's so funny because I did not know that fan fiction had a title when I was in um, junior high. I guess it was eighth grade, ninth grade. We I was at a sleepover, and we rented the movie Heather. And I, it, you know, it's a cult film. I've loved that movie. I was obsessed with that movie. I watched it all the time. And I ended up with this <laughs> Snoopy diary that my mom bought me. And I literally wrote an entire story in that diary of uh, Veronica about her experiences navigating high school now that he's dead and she's, you know, trying to be queen bee in a, in a different kind of way where she's nice to people and she's not mean to anybody. And, you know, and I had no clue that that was something that people actually did. Mm. Then (laughs) when a friend of mine that I worked with, um, years ago, he was like, oh, yeah, can you read this? Because he knew I was a writer. And I was like, sure. What am I reading? He's like, oh, it's fan fiction. I'm like, what's that? So he explained it to me, and he was doing fan fiction with Glee. Huh. And it was one of these where, like, he he's a character, and then there's a, a person who's this other character, and they write back and forth as if, like, you know how most screenwriters do when they sit next to each other and they play off of each other's dialogue while they're writing? And that's kind of what they were doing with Glee. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that people actually did this. Like, I thought I was you know, unique. <laughs> and um, 
and he was like, yeah. So I, you know, I was reading it and then I just started like progressing to like reading that other people were doing fan fiction for other things. And I was like, this is so cool. This is like the coolest thing in the world. Like, oh my God, people are actually being able to express themselves with some of their favorite characters and everyone's reading it. Like I was like, I was blown away. And um, when I got into Arrow, during season five because I told you I, I was a late bloomer because of the mm-hmm. fact that you know I was afraid <laughs> of mm-hmm. what to find in the show um I came across fan fiction one of the first ones I read was um I think her name on Twitter is silly dorky or something like that oh yeah she was wrote the predator oh and god phoenix and I was like blown away by this girl like she was barely like 18 or 19 or something mm-hmm. or 20 I was like, oh, my God, like, why aren't these people the ones that are getting their books published instead of people like, what's her face from Fifty Shades of Grey? Like, come on. Yeah, I was blown away. And then I was like hooked and I was reading all these other um, writers and some of them I've become, you know, close with. And they're such amazing people. And I'm just like, and I know there's one who's pretty popular. Um. And she wrote one of my fa- all-time favorites called Thursday. And I, she's VIX 2.0 on AO3. And that was such a cute and, and just, it was so different from, you know, anything else that I was reading. I was like, this is so cool. And, um, and just reading everybody's stuff. And I was like, I'm so happy that people are doing this. Like, it makes me so ha- happy to see that. You know, people are doing it for other shows as well, and and, and they're yeah. getting praised for it. So that's what I love. Yeah. So yeah. you gotta you gotta send me Thursday. It sounds familiar, but it's definitely not bookmarked for me. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I definitely will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also I'm getting into Raylo fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Ray and Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. My favorite one is this one called um, Disconnected by Weather Bugs. And that that writer needs to write more. Um, that story was so good. And it was so different and just really honest. And um, I'm still waiting for the sequel. Like, this is what kills me about the fan fiction. Sometimes you only get one story, and I'm like, where the heck is the sequel? Because yeah. I feel like part of it is is that, oh, you watch something. Here's what would have happened if it continued, or if, like, after they got together, this is what would happen. Like, I'm always interested in that. And so sometimes even the the actual fanfic that that continuation of the story isn't enough for me. Where I'm like, well, now I need you to continue that story. I'm 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 envisioning a a fan fiction podcast episode in the in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's kind of. It's kind of cool for me because um, being a writer, I've always been so afraid of sharing my work. And I can't tell you the massive amounts of documents I have of original stories that I've written that I have yet to share. And one of my friends, she's read it, and most of them 
And she's always like, why aren't you publishing this stuff? I'm my own worst critic. And Mm -hmm. so part of doing fan fiction for me is giving me that validation that I could probably do this, you know? And it's really cool to have that because, you know, I get, I think the best part, what I love the most about writing fan fiction, even though this is just my second story that I've worked on, um, is the comments that I get from people, you know, the excitement that they have for what I'm actually giving them, the story I'm telling. And it's that gives me the motivation to, to keep on doing it. Cause I can tell you, if I was just to like post something on say Tumblr, it's rare that you're going to get any feedback, mm-hmm. but having a platform like AO3 for any fan fiction writer, not, you know, obviously not just for Elicity or Arrow, but, any of them giving the writer that kind of feedback it it helps to motivate them to just keep doing it and doing it and doing it to eventually they finally follow that through and they do what they really want to do yeah yeah it's 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 a really good platform and i think that there's a lot of bias out there towards what it is and what that means if you're either a fan fiction writer a reader um, uh, when the reality is people are just, they're, they're, they're being able to take characters that they've already fallen in love with and then put them in settings and, and write their own stories, their own versions of those characters uh, and, and kind of feel that much more connected to right. something that they already feel passionate about. And there, there shouldn't be any shame to that. And I, and I do, like good fan fiction writers are people who can be just somebody who puts out a novel because some of the work is on that level. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's, I, I'm just so like excited that I found it. When I came out with mind on fire, my friend had, we were sitting at a coffee shop and I was like telling her an idea that I had for a story. And I was like, I just don't know how to work it. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, do this. And she's like, well, why don't you do it for those characters that you like from Arrow and and write fan fiction and see how it flows? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, well, like what that chick did with the Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, I didn't even think about it. And so I started writing it. And she read the first five chapters. And she's like, yep, yeah, do this. But I had, like, another, like, 12 chapters before I finally posted because I was so terrified. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how anybody was going to take to having a, a darker version of Felicity. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I'm i so, like, so stoked that so many people are liking this new story because I can honestly tell you that romantic comedy is not my forte. And the fact that I'm doing something right with it is just my heart is like exploding in in ways that I didn't think it could over something like that. So it's really exciting to be able to give that to people. Well, thank you for joining us, Veronica. Well, thank you for inviting me back. Yeah. You'll, you have to come back because apparently Will wants to know more about this fan fiction nonsense. Yes. 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 Well, I've enjoyed reading Veronica's stuff and some other, other people's uh, fan fiction as well. It's, it's great. 
as you said, to uh, put yourself out there and share your original work. Uh, you know, it takes a lot of uh, courage. Yeah, but it, it's I thoroughly enjoyable. When I come and, out and with that original stuff, you guys will be the first to know. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, but definitely, folks, go check out Veronica's stuff. You'll you'll definitely work. Uh, we'll we'll definitely put a link to it so you can find it. And uh, yeah, you will definitely enjoy it. Thanks. And um, <laughs> Veronica, where else can they find you online? Uh, the best place to find me is Twitter at Nerdy Chicana. Chicana spelled X-I-C-A-N-A. <laughs> <laughs> and Will, where can they find you? Yes, they can find me on Twitter at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at S-J Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>